there are a lot of people running for president. <laughs> and it may be of interest to you with so many people on the ballot so far, I have to tell you, it's not yet sparked my real attention. But then the Republican debate happened, and I didn't have time to watch it. We showed a really good Israeli movie here at the temple that night. But there was, I heard, a little controversy afterward around Donald Trump's response to one of the uh, interviewers. He made perhaps an inarticulate statement. Maybe it was misogynistic. And I'm not endorsing or rejecting anyone's candidacy here, but, but talking about blood, oi, oi. And yet, his statement made me, as I'm sure it did many of you, because you're linked into the Torah like this, it did make me think about this week's Torah portion, Re'eh. Because <laughs> Re'eh outlines Jewish practices around food consumption. It spells out the foundation of kashrut, that which we say God tells us how we should and should not eat if we accept that, to the new generation who are about to enter the promised land. And you may well know full well some of the considerations that are here in this parsha. The rabbis made the conclusion that we're not supposed to mix milk with, with meat. Well, it's a practice that came out of an interpretation of a word in the text, your line in the text, that says, do not seethe a calf in its mother's milk. So only veggie cheeseburgers are kosher. But it doesn't answer the question around cheese enchiladas. That's a different discussion altogether. The text tells us don't eat animals that fail to chew their cuds or have cloven hooves. Thus, if you keep kosher pork, which is one of, comes from one of the most efficient animals out there, is not kosher, though it's available at many fine San Francisco restaurants. But did you know that how much focus the text places on non-consumption of blood? Blood is not kosher. So no Jewish vampires, though Jewish actors, will play one in the movies. So why? Well, Deuteronomy tells us here that the blood is the life of the being. And we, though we may be permitted to enjoy the food that comes from the animal because we need to eat, if it's going to be kosher, it has to, the blood has to be set aside. It says in verse 23 of chapter 12, Make sure that you do not partake of the blood. It's the life. And you must not consume the life with the flesh. You must pour it on the ground like water. You must not partake of it, that it may go well with you and your descendants. We set the blood aside. And food warnings become a significant part of the kashrut system. Kosher meat has the blood drained. Kosher wine is inspected. What makes it kosher? It's not just blessed, but it's inspected to make sure that no blood was added to it in the process, because that was part of Roman practice. It reflected a desire to drink in the strength and vitality of the animal and make it a part of you or of the God it represented. So Judaism saw this as an act of idolatry. So what does this have to do with 21st century Jews? All these concerns may seem strange to the modern ear, but perhaps the ancients had something to teach even us. Deuteronomy tells us here that food safety is an essential holy priority. It's a central concern of Torah. 
So this meat that's going to be prepared, and they're acknowledging that they can't just eat meat at the central sanctuary because they're going to spread out throughout the country, has to be prepared by ritual slaughterers who are trained to check the animal and ensure that the food supply is healthy. So that when you make a blessing over food and thank God for the gift, that you're not consuming something that makes you ill. So the, anybody's family have a shochet in it at one point? Supposed to be the most educated person in the community. And they're ensuring they're acting like priests in the community. Secondly, Deuteronomy reminds us, and the rabbis teaches this, that not all life exists for our benefit. Animals in creation are meant to flourish for their own sake, as a reflection of God's beauty. The kashrut system limits animals we can eat to a few domesticated beasts. In fact, some of the rabbis preferred that you be what? Be a vegetarian. So in our house, we divide and conquer. Rabbi Best, the vegetarian, and you invite me to dinner sometime. <laughs> Third, this food that we consume, it's holy. It's meant to be blessed and then meant to be shared with others. Everyone is entitled to it. You are to be connected to where your food comes from and be aware of what you're eating. Does this speak to us today? When you think about our own food problems today, from illness in the food chain, the internationalization of the food industry, not knowing what people have put into your food, the fight that goes on and on about food labeling, the genetic transformation of plants that limit farmers' capabilities to share seeds or stay healthy, these are things that should not be separate from our concern when we consume the food, but if we're to remind ourselves of the holiness of food and our own job of being God's partners in helping others to flourish, then we have to be aware and be engaged with that process. You know, even today, our own concern about global warming and the amount of carbon that comes about when we eat meat should make us realize that we do need, in some ways, a new 21st century food awareness, a kashrut for our day. And there are progressive Jews out there who are looking at kashrut and thinking about new kosher labeling for the reform and conservative movements. Of late, I have to admit, I've enjoyed my time in San Francisco and going to the farmer's markets. Do you go to farmer's markets? Not everyone has those things. They're fantastic. And think about it. We go and we get to buy local. But we should also think twice about our new cost route, about whether buying water from France or Italy makes sense if we care about the earth. Think about whatever you can do to think about what you eat and be grateful as you eat, making sure that you bless the food before the meal and that you acknowledge that this food you've been given, though you've worked for it, is nonetheless a gift. We should enjoy that life's blessing and make sure the whole process is a blessing along the way. Kiddoshim Tihiyu, Moses is soon going to tell us, be holy. And he's not just speaking theoretically, but ultimately he sees your table as being a reflection of the great temple. And you yourself ultimately as being the priest who is engaged with that process of holiness 
and is engaged and concerned about how we treat the earth, our bodies, and the provender we are blessed to enjoy. Who knows what I'll learn from the next debate. Shabbat Shalom. Please stand for a closing song and prayer. We start with the Elenu, page 282. 